now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist Scott Sharp. Welcome to Gardening Talkback on a Monday afternoon. Today we're joined by Judy Sharp. Judy, great to see you once again. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, Greg. Two weeks in a row. It must be that time of year. It must be, yeah. Christmas time. Scott's probably dusting off the Christmas tree and... Yeah, I or think could maybe be out having lunch or something, and here you and I are working. Working hard. Yeah, very hard, darling. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us today, Jude? Oh, well, I'd like to talk about um, yesterday. Did you water your plants yesterday, Greg? No, I didn't. And I didn't either. Probably should have. It was should hot have. and windy yesterday. Yeah, I felt very guilty when I got home because yep. anything in pots, they were wilting out on the porch, and I looked at them and felt sorry for them. But I've got to confess. I didn't rescue them, okay. but I don't want our gardeners to do that. Did you water this morning? No. I, I just realised, well, <laughs> I have to get here. True. So what, um, what our listeners need to do on a day like that is if you've got potted plants, water in the morning and then again in the late evening. They will need two drinks on a day like that. And the garden will like a drink, of course, but yep. the pots dry out very quickly. It was a bit like Armageddon yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, I, was, I wouldn't say that, but it was close to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wind. I think oh, the, the hot, dreadful wind. That yeah. westerly wind yesterday was nearly blew me down the street. It did, yeah, particularly... In Carrington, it blew oh, you right down the street. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> Who'd want to live there? <laughs> Who'd live there? Shh. Who'd live on an island? <laughs> Who'd live on an island? We can say that today because he's not here today. Yeah, so... Um, what else you got for us? Well, we should discuss summer pests because they're starting to rage. Yep. Uh, fruit fly, ooh, it's very nasty this year. Lawn pests will be starting. And then maybe we could finish with some Christmas colour. Oh, okay, something cheery. Yeah, something cheery. And we've got Greg from Clarence Town, and he needs advice about what to plant up against a wall. Hello, Greg. You need to tell me more about the shipping container. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 nothing personal. Now, all I need to know is that they're permanently. Yeah, it is, Judy. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, it's, it's a western, it's a 12 metre shipping container, which is extra large. And it's my garden shed, and I've got gardens out on the western side of the shipping container. Now, I'd like to plant either a vine of some description or a couple of vines that would cover that eventually, or maybe even try an espalier, a couple of espalier plants. Oh, that's so I'm just one. wondering. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very adventurous to espalier. The only thing is, you know, citrus espalier very well, and they love the sun. But right. I'm a bit worried about that west and that steel shipping container. That must be very reflective of the heat, I would imagine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I did think of maybe you know, putting some fibro on a, a mesh uh, sort of uh, framework or something. But yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I don't know whether I should tr go to all this um, effort and try it or whether you think maybe I'm wasting my time. No, you're not wasting your time, but I bet your lawnmower gets hot in there. No, that, that's in the other shed. Oh, right. You must have a bit of land there, Greg. Yeah, I've got a few acres here. Yeah, it's great. Right. Uh, okay, here's a couple of suggestions. What about a bougainvillea? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yep. Uh, then you could try pyrostegia, you know, the orange bell that grows over all the old farmhouses. Right. Um, so yeah, they're hard. What hardy. was that orange bell, was it? Yeah, no, pyrostegia, P-Y, yeah. R-O-S-T... O-S-T-E-G-I-A. Okay. And that gets a very brilliant orange flower on it uh, at the end of winter. 
You will oh, have seen nice, it. Yeah. yeah, you will have yeah. seen it. Uh, and then I think you can perhaps try some of the natives, some of the Pandaria climbers. Okay. So yeah. that gives you three choices. You yeah, well, that, that'd be great. Look, it's, it's fairly, you know, it's a little bit ugly at the moment, so something would be better than what uh, I've got at the moment. What you've so got, yeah. yeah. You know what the right. secret's going to be, don't you? Water. Yes, thank you. And mulching <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah definitely sure, water. Yeah. 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 Particularly okay, well, on a hot day, you know. I mean, I, it wouldn't even hurt when you're watering to hose down the wall to cool it down. Okay, right, yeah. Container, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, well, that gives me something to work with. Okay, well, I give, right. I hope you've got plenty of time. Christmas is coming up. Yeah, I've got up. plenty of time, no oh, worries. Excellent. Okay, dear. Thank you, Thanks, Greg, Judy. for the call. Great. Thank Appreciate you. your help. Bye. You. Then we've got Frank from Charlestown, and he's got a question about the nectarine tree. Hello, Frank. What can I help you with? Uh, g'day, Judy. Um, we've got a nectarine tree that's been neglected over the years, and um, the last couple of years we've pruned it pretty hard. And this year it's got a hell of a crop, you know, a real bump crop. Oh, good. But um, I just wondered from here, one of the limbs, you know, is almost down the ground. It's got that much fruit on it. And I've noticed some of the fruit has little globules of what seems to be water or sap on them. Um, yeah, I, that happens to tomatoes too. It's called blossom end rot, I think you might have. Um and it's because the fruit's actually probably touching the ground. Um, so I, yeah, can you pick them early, do you think, or they're not ripening enough? No, they're not. They're, they're fairly small too. They're probably about the size of a 50-cent piece. Yeah, but um, otherwise the the tree's got a lot more fruit on it. Right. And from here on in, um, do I water pretty frequently oh, to increase yes. the size of the fruit? Definitely, definitely. Particularly it is dry, Frank. Yeah, righto. Yeah, okay. and what precautions have you taken for fruit fly? Uh, look, I've put some stuff around, you know, some traps around the trees. Yep, yep. And, and uh, I was about to spray it, actually. Uh, what were you going to spray it with? If it's oh, something... If it's something... I'm going to ask you. Ah, you're going to ask me. Well, this is my whinge time now because, Frank, I don't know whether you realise, but the government took from the home gardener everything that covers fruit fly. And right. I'm very disgruntled about that because I think we grow fruit and veggies at home so we know what we're eating, don't we, what we're consuming. And the sad part about it is that everything you... Well, maybe everything you buy, I have to be careful here, has been still sprayed by those... Uh, products the government no longer think the home gardener should have. Uh, so when you're buying it, you don't know when it got sprayed. But when you were spraying it at home, you knew, OK, I can't eat it for five days. And that is a problem now. So the best thing you can do is use traps and baits because there really isn't anything now that's systemic enough to kill fruit fly. OK. Unless you go up to one of the um, agricultural um, product companies up in the valley and you can buy big drums of it. But that's, right. you know, that's a bit crazy, isn't it? Because you can't use yeah. it. Yeah. So lots of, lots of baits and, um, um, you know, don't let the fruit, fruit fall on the ground because, you know, uh, it, they pupate into the soil and next year you'll have greater problems. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And if you get a good crop, do you know where to find me? 
324 Derby Street. <laughs> That'd be lovely. I love nectarines. Because the ones you buy in the shops, they're yellow. Yeah. And yours, yeah. Are, I bet yours are old-fashioned white ones, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. I can taste them now. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Okay, then. Well, thank you for your advice. I'm sorry I couldn't advise any further, Frank, but that's about where we're at. All right, Judy. Thank you, Frank. Bye now. Bye. Just Frank, we've got Lisa now from Windale, and she's got smelly bugs on her citrus trees. Hello, Lisa. I know what you've got. You've got citrus stink bug. Yeah, that'd be probably them. Oh, and don't they look awful? Yeah, every time I sort of go to prune the tree, they're just, they're caked in it. Yeah. And, you know, you'd be very careful because they do emit um, uh, a spray that if it gets on you or gets in your eye, it burns. Yeah, so, look, the best thing you can do is spray them with malathon and white oil. Oh, okay. You spray them with malathon and white oil, but because, you know, they've got that hard back, um, you really need to apply it fairly thickly so it gets through that that back and do it again in 10 days' time because they have a hatching cycle. You'll notice you've got little ones and medium ones and big ones, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know, they're a real pest. Uh, but just the regular spraying. Uh, you know, I hear different methods where people try to hose them off, but they crawl back up the tree again. Uh, different yeah. things like that they do. Uh, but definitely malathon and white oil. And that product can be bought, uh, but you do need to mix it up with water. Oh, OK, yep. But that's definitely the only thing to get rid of them, dear. Yep, so I can just pick that up from Bunnings or somewhere yes, like that. Yes, certainly, I'm sure. But, look, you'll find there's either malathon on its own or there's white oil on its own, but you definitely can buy both products in the one bottle. Yep, not a problem. Okay? Yep, thanks very Good much Good luck for that. with that, Lisa. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thank you, bye. Bye. And we've got Margaret from East Maitland, and she's got a question about gardenias. Hello, Margaret, how are you? Is it hot um, up there today? Oh, it's just nice, actually. We've got a lovely breeze. Thanks, Judy. It would have been dreadful yesterday, I should imagine. It wasn't very pleasant. I hate the wind. (laughs) No, when it's a hot wind, it's dreadful, isn't it? Right, yes, yes. Um, Now, my gardenia, I've had lots of beautiful flowers on it. It's a smaller one. Um, But I've noticed um, in quite a few occasions, some of the buds have dropped off before they've come out. I'm just wondering if there's anything I need to feed it to stop that happening. Look, it's probably a bit late now, Margaret. I have them uh, a row of them up my drive and I'm having the same problem but I think this year they are so overloaded with flowers, aren't they? Oh yes, I'm getting greedy. I just wanted more. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand it. I picked bunches for in the house at the weekend. Pity they don't last long though, isn't it? They go brown fairly quickly. That's right, yeah. yeah. But I do think perhaps maybe we had a very dry winter so that could contribute to it. But next year, you know, coming up to when they're going to bud, perhaps use some sulphate of potash. And are they in the ground? Ah, uh, yes, they are. And yes. do you feed them up with cow manure? Ah, uh, yes, I do occasionally, yes. Right, OK. Well, you know, coming up towards the end of winter, do the cow manure and start with your sulphate of potash. OK, sulphate yeah. of potash. Yeah. 
so as they, when they're finished flowering, I just break the buds off, the dead buds. Is that okay? That's fine, dear, because you'll find when that flower finishes, they're starting to shoot, aren't they? You yes, can see the yes. new little shoots. No, look, I should go down my drive and do that, but it's a bit of a chore. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've only got the one small one at the front and then a much bigger one out the side, which I went through today and pulled all the dead ones off that as well. Well, pulling off the dead ones, of course, stimulates the new ones to come out. Yes. So, yes. you know, that isn't a bad idea. So I should go home this afternoon and do that as well. Uh, <laughs> I might have inspired you. I think you've prodded me. I should have got prodded yesterday. I didn't water at all yesterday. I was very naughty. Oh, it wasn't pleasant out there yesterday, that's for no, sure. No, no. Well, I did work in the morning, so I've got an excuse, haven't I? <laughs> all right. Thanks for that, Judy. Thank you, I'll Margaret. remember to do that at the start of, um, yep. what, the start of spring, oh, I guess, or a bit no, earlier? No, don't wait that late. You know, they start to, you know, we don't realise it, but they are starting to set their buds. Once the ground starts to warm a little bit late July. Okay, then, yep, no worries. So start your sulphate of potash and your cow manure then. All right, then. Thanks okay. very much, Judy. Thank you, Margaret. Bye. Bye. Cheers, thanks, Margaret. Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. If you've got a question for Judy Sharp, 49216216. Now, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, Judy, about fruit fly. Yeah, we did, um, about the fact we haven't got anything now to... To combat them? To combat them, no. So um, one thing you can do, and I know that I've heard Scott say this, but, you know, I have to tell the listeners out there, it's my... My, it's um, your advice. Yeah, it's my advice. It's in the Yates Garden <laughs> Guide, but, you know, he's probably taken it for his. Um, but we could repeat it today. Uh, with your tomatoes, if you're growing them, Greg, we yep. always stake tomatoes, don't we? Generally yep. with a hardwood stake. Well, you mix up a paste of Malathon and Vegemite. Okay. Now, there isn't any quantity to those listeners out there. Okay. It's just how you make the paste pliable. You keep adding the malathon to the Vegemite okay. till you think it's paintable. And you paint the tomato steak. So what happens? The female flies. She flies past and goes, oh, yummy Vegemite. Oh, that'd be a good ad, wouldn't it, for Vegemite? Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> yummy Vegemite. So she eats the Vegemite and the malathon kills her. Okay. So she's not going to attack your tomatoes. But the other secret with tomatoes, you know, I find the little ones, the little sweet bites, you know, the tiny cherry ones. Yeah, yeah. The fruit fly doesn't seem to attack those for some reason. Right, maybe not big enough for it. Well, I think their skin might be a little bit tougher, but then mm. I did have a young lady came in at the weekend with tiny little capsicums about the size of your thumbnail and they were riddled with the, the holes already. And fruit fly once never really attacked until the fruit started to ripen a little bit. Now, these capsicums, they were tiny little babies. Yep. There was no way they were going to ripen and she was beside herself. <laughs> and, you know, each, each little uh, fruit had probably six or seven holes pierced in it. Oh. So the problem is because we can no longer use the products to get rid of them... Yep. And home gardeners still want to grow these things. Um, but your next-door neighbour may not be a clean gardener. So when the fruit fly pierces and they drop on the ground, you've got to clean that fruit up, bag it and dispose of it, yes. And uh, that's part of the secret because they multiply and next year you'll have 100 times more. And, and I think in the city area it's becoming really 
difficult now to grow summer fruits, unfortunately. Mm. It's a shame. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I remember in my younger days, I think my dad used to get like an old bottle or something, like a plastic bottle, cut it in half, but I forget what he put in it. A Vegemite was in there. Yeah. That was to get rid of fruit, fruit flies to fly in. Yeah, and get caught and trapped, yeah. yeah. He probably could have even put um, some disinfectant in. Uh, he might have been using Malathon. Back then, he would, back then he would have been using something more, trust me. I'm, I'm sure he would have been. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been something slightly stronger. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got Barbara now from New Lambton, and she's got a question about petunias. Good afternoon, Barbara. What could I help you with? Good afternoon. Um, I've got petunias in a basket, and they're full of flowers, but they're getting really leggy and um, starting to look a bit sad. Somebody said to just cut them back and they'll come back. Is that right? That is correct, Barbara, but I'm wondering, are they the spreading petunias? Because they get leggy. No, well, they're not the hanging ones. Right. But they are fairly, well, extensive, I'd say. (laughs) Um, Did you plant them yourself or did you buy it already in flower? I bought it. No, I bought it in a little um, seedling. As seedlings. Yes. Can you remember, were they Colour Parade, Bobby Dazzler? Um, no, I can't. That's all right. Honest. Well, um, if they're not the spreaders, um, which, you know, they uh, each petunia in the spreading family grows one metre um, and they do tend to be straggly. But if they're not, and even if it, they are, you can cut them back. Yes, definitely. Okay. But your all only right. problem is, do you want them to be flowering for Christmas? Well, I figured out if I cut them back now, they won't. They won't, I don't no, think. No, they won't. Do you use a product called Flourish? Yes. Okay, are you doing that yes. every week? No, should I be doing that every oh, week? Oh, every week. And that might keep your flowering going till Christmas and then cut them back and start okay. hitting them with the Flourish again. All right, thank okay. you very much. Good luck with that, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you, bye. bye. And it's coming up to Christmas time, Judy, and we thought we'd finish with a bit of Christmas colour today. Yeah, well, you know, that lady, Barbara, that just rang in a minute ago, she was an ideal example. You see, what you do, Greg, you actually plant eight weeks before Christmas. Okay. That's the timeline. And then you get this incredible show. Um, Now, if you've planted too early by Christmas, you know, you're needing to cut back and refeed. So... A lot of people are coming in at the last minute now saying, oh, because of the weather I haven't planted. Um, So what you can get now are advanced plants that, uh, you know what a punnet is, don't you? Yes. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's good. That's That's, good. Tick in the box. (laughs) Wow, that's really good. Um, Don't ask me to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, for the listeners, well, a punnet has little plants in it, little seedlings. Sometimes there's six, sometimes there's eight. But at this time of year, they actually produce them in bigger punnets. Okay. So your plant's more advanced. So if you haven't planted and you're now going, oh, my gosh, we're only got... Stressing out. What are we? Four weeks? Four weeks, three weeks? Maybe three. I don't know. Um, I'll lose track of time. It'll be one week before you know it. (laughs) Will be, yeah. Uh, You go out and you buy uh, plants that are a little bit more advanced. Might cost you a little bit more, but, you know, um, some people just like potted colour at this time of year so it doesn't cost you much to do a pot no. um, and then you hit them with a the flourish every week until Christmas and you will get a nice display So you got it young once a week or? Once a week, definitely once a week and of course poinsettias are out and about now, they look beautiful, the red's fabulous but they aren't for outside, they're more for inside. Okay. Yeah. So what would you match that with? Something green? 
That's what I'm thinking of Christmas colours, so red, green. Oh, you'd be surprised. White. white. Most customers come in and want them in a white pot. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the feeling of having snow or something, or... I think it's our modern decor. It's minimalistic colours now. All right. Yeah, we don't have any red pots, which... Okay. I asked the the supplier and they said there's no requirement for red pots anymore. That's the first thing I picture that. When I picture a pot, I think of a red pot. I do too. Or a terracotta uh, pot or something. Called. Yeah, and I chase them like crazy to get red pots and uh, pink. I like pink too. Fair enough. And they say, oh, you know, who wants pink and red? And, uh, you know, they're not <laughs> modern colours. Black and white are. Okay. So, yeah. Well, Sounds a bit boring. It does a little bit, you know. We got a bit guided by fashion and that, aren't we now? Magazines mm. and stuff like that. We're all lemmings in a sense, you could say. Just yeah. following trends. Following trends, yeah. <laughs> like little sheep, yeah. But anyway, that's the story. So pop out really quickly and buy some advanced um, colour and hit them with a flourish regularly. Right. Excellent. You and got- always use a good potty mix. If it's under $10, boys and girls out there, no. Nah. No good? No good, no, no. Won't help them at all. Okay, so... Best to go with something a bit more expensive than being cheap. It's exactly, <laughs> yeah. Judy Sharp, thank you very much. Do you have anything else for us today? Well, I did want to talk. Have we got time to talk about the the, um, the lawn pests? Yes. Oh, good, good, good. Because um, I'm very surprised that um, people are coming in already. Mainly gentlemen, I have to say. Okay. Men are a bit thingo about their grass, aren't they? Yeah, we're a bit more... Hands on with the lawns. I think so. Yeah, passionate. I would even say passionate. <laughs> you're right. So they've they've been coming in and um, they've been wanting to buy army grub killer and and pests killer for their grass. And I've been saying, but guys, it's too early for army grub. No, we're not letting them get started, Judy. We're hammering right. them now. So the war's already started. The war's already started. But the other thing that happens before army grub, which generally comes a little after Christmas, yep. when everyone comes back from their holidays and the army's been through the lawn, yep. they've got nothing. Um, but what happens now, the beetles start and the crickets. Okay, so it's yep. a bit of a progression. So now everyone's covering all bets. Um, right. The lawns are bad enough because we weren't getting regular rain. Yep. Um, and so, you know, you simply go out and buy um, a pesticide that will uh, kill the beetles, the crickets and the lawn grubs. But the thing you must do, Greg, is each year change the product because they do build up immunity to it. Oh, okay. And they are sneaky little things. Aren't they? And your lawn needs to be mown and you need to apply it late in the afternoon because they actually come to the surface for a look, look around the world. Okay, so in around the evening time? Yep, yep, right. yeah. So it's a good time to get them. I still remember getting hot water, hot soapy water and pouring it down the holes for the crickets. For the crickets, yep. yeah. But, you know, if you got 100 up, there'd be a 1,000 under there. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, um, uh, one of my customers um, decided to dig up the back lawn and put a swimming pool in. Yep. And he rang me uh, down in Hamilton South, which is sandy, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, Judy, do you want to come down and have a look at this? He said, you won't ever see anything like this. And I can still see it today where the bobcat was excavating, which was very deep to put a yep. swimming pool in. The whole backyard was seething with them. Oh, my God. They were crickets on top of crickets on top of crickets. 
They were dreadful. It sounds like a nightmare or something. It was. thrown into a cricket pit. <laughs> and he said, I've got you down here today because he said, how many years have I been fighting these crickets? He said, how could I beat them? And I looked at the many thousands. I said, you weren't going to beat them. Oh, mm. That's horrendous. It was horrendous. I know how much It's disheartening the as has. well because if you see yeah. that, you go, oh, there's no point. <laughs> no, no, there's no point. But, you know, people uh, try desperately to, you know, keep applying the chemicals and that, but, uh, or the soapy water. Yep. So if you saw 10 go up, well, there would have been, I'm telling you, a thousand. About thousands more. Yeah, thousands more under there. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Judy Sharp. Creepy. Thank you very much. Thank you and Merry Christmas, Greg, and to all the listeners. I'll be assuming back next week or will Scott be back in the chair next week? I don't know. He just, uh, you know. He's often the... He's a mystery man, isn't he? He is. He's a man of many mysteries. He is. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.